Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is episode 64 of the Bash Mania podcast. Today we have a man who has won at every level, Olympic bronze medalist Coleman Scott is on the show. He has won junior championships, state championships. He won an NCAA championship. Coleman Scott knows wrestling and he knows success at every level. He's currently the head coach of the University of North Carolina, where he's got a whole new set of aspirations and goals as a head coach. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bashamania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's Bashamania! Let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Coleman Scott, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I got so sunburned on Sunday. I ended up just chilling in the house yesterday, catching up on work and doing all sorts of stuff. And once we were talking about you coming on, I'm like, let me do like a real deep dive into your career, which I always do before somebody comes on. I don't want this show to be like a resume. I really want to provide value. So I, I try to dig deep. And as I was looking at your career, you have literally had success at every level. Like it's wild from like very early on to success in the Olympic stage and your mm-hmm. career, the last couple of guys have had on one was the Buffalo Bills head coach. So he doesn't wrestle anymore. Um, Anthony Robles and Richard Perry both started wrestling late. Robles was like eighth grade. Perry was in 10th or 11th. Now it's kind of going back to the traditional story of a high level wrestler, which is like, yeah, as soon as I can start walk, I, I wrestled. So you, I'm curious to dive into your story. We'll kind of hop around a little bit, but, you were born in the wrestling hotbed, Pennsylvania. What got you started in the beginning? Um, what got me started really, uh, grandfather, right? A lot of stories of him wrestling back in the day. Um, ended up, uh, I think he was state runner up his senior year and, uh, you know, then went into the military, went into the Navy. Um, but, but he always had stories, you know, about him wishing he would have gone on a little bit. And if he would have won a state title, he probably would have gone to college to wrestle and yeah. uh, dad and uncle wrestled a little bit as well. Um, nothing, nothing crazy. And, and really just brought a flyer home uh, first grade when I was six years old. And, um, you know, I, I've done a, now later in my life, I've done a lot of reading on like, a, and I keep, I always reference this book called outliers. Uh, I'm sure that most people have read it by now. Um, and, and it really talks about being at the right place, right time, right age. Sure. Um, and, and I feel like I was, I was that, I was that person just being in the right area, born in, you know, small town, uh, Waynesburg, Pennsylvania, um, starting the basic little league program with your local school. Um, and, and the coaches, and I say outliers because the coaches I had, which ended up being my best friend's dad, dads as through were high level wrestlers. Uh, okay. so me being able to jump in and, and, and my dad having a sort of hands-off approach, uh, you know, he was involved a lot in the back end of everything, uh, but, but didn't really co- never coach me. Um, and, and so I was so, I'm so fortunate just to grow up, at the, like I said, be born when I was bring a flyer home, start, um, love the sport. Uh, my dad was huge on multi-sports. So I did baseball, soccer, wrestling, uh, you name it. I did it pretty much my, my whole, sure. my whole life up until college. Um, you know, so, so it was really just brought it home, started wrestling. And, and, uh, you know, I think I, I think I took second, my, one of my first couple of years and, uh, and then just sort of fell in love with the sport, uh, once that happened, um, you know, and, and fell in love with the isolation of there's nobody else to blame. Right. It's, Were you good right away? I mean, you have like what four time Pennsylvania junior champion, like you had success right away. Like, were you good uh-huh. right away? Uh, I, I, heck, I don't know. I think so. I, I didn't even know that stat, right? I, somebody 
argument a couple years back about how many times I'd won Little League State. And I go, guys, I, I honestly have no clue. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and I called my dad, and they thought I was lying. And I called my dad. I was like, you got to get on the line. I called my dad. My dad's like, hell, I don't know, son. Uh, I can't remember that far <laughs> back. I don't know, three, four. It was somewhere in that vicinity. You know, we knew about uh, how many. But um, yeah, I had success early. And, and that sort of helps the the – the love of the sport, right? I mean, sure. we, we live in a world where, we, where we, we're addicted to success. Um, and, and so that helped, that, that definitely helped me go on through. But, but I have lifelong friends that started, you know, a year or two around me uh, back in Waynesburg, and I still have communication with them. That's awesome. Um, you know, and they wrestled all, we wrestled all the way through high school together, and they, some of them wrestled on the college and at different schools. And, uh, you know, it was a pretty neat area to be up in and a good time to grow up. And you did have, you know, you had the success early and, and then continued Like you were, I think, sixth your freshman year and then you won three straight state championships mm-hmm. in high school. What do you think led to that level of success, you know, let's say through high school? Um, great groundwork, right? Growing up in the Little League, I remember our program, you know, I mean, I was the smallest of the bunch uh, for a long time. Uh, you know, I don't so believe I, that. <laughs> I get the, I got the crap kicked out of me for, for a lot of years. <laughs> Uh, I was just trying to keep up with that, with, with the guys that were a year older than me, two years older than me. Um, mm-hmm. I was, I was sort of the youngest of the bunch and the smallest. Um, and, and, and those guys just elevated everything. And I didn't know it at the time, right. You walk out of practice sure. crying and as a little kid and didn't get a dang takedown that day or, you know, uh, got beat up and, um, you know, but, but I wanted more, I wanted more. I, I wanted to, I wanted to win those matches in the room and, and then it just equated out on the mat. Um, you know, and that was the best part about it is, is having those guys. And, and as a kid, you don't know, you don't right. know that stuff. You don't think about that. Right. You just think yep. that, dang, that practice sucked. I, I just, I got, I got freaking beat up, I, um, you know, but, but you always were just trying to catch those guys. And yep. I was just fortunate. They were good as well. They were state champs in high school and uh, went on to, like I said, went on to college. So I was just, it's really the groundwork that our coaches put in at a young age. Uh, a guy named Joe Throckmorton was really our little league coach and his son was one of my best friends. And, uh, wrestled at Pitt, uh, was a starter there a couple times, around the 12 guy. Uh, so we knew what it took. Um, and our fundamentals a, as a kids club were very, very good. We focused on on what we should, uh, that, that was going to pay off later in life, not not who was going to win as Little League. Uh, and we just happened yeah. to win a lot because of it. Um, and, and I think that, you know, the biggest thing is our all of our parents – ran the club in essence on the back end and then Joe coached and ran it. So we had this core group of parents of probably eight to 10 families that are still close today that still communicate. Um, and, and there was never a, a downtime. Our junior high coach was one of the kids dads who was unbelievable coach, Ronnie Headley and Drew was his son who's coaching at Pitt now and all American at Pitt uh, lived about a mile from me. And, and, and then our high school coach was a guy named John Yates that wrestled at, at uh, Pitt. Right. So we had these these high level guys that that understood what it took and they all communicated very well uh, when, with us going through. So we, it was sort of just those guys laid the groundwork for what we what we did. Um, and that's that's I couldn't be more fortunate or I couldn't even tell them thank you enough for, for what they did to me as a kid. Did that help you manage your own expectations for yourself? Because I imagine if you become a state champion in 10th grade, now you do it again, you do it again. Like, how yeah. did you manage your expectation to continue to get better while not just, like, repeating, right? Oh, I want to do that again. But you want to get better. How did you manage those expectations for yourself? Uh, a lot of that is is we were big on freestyle as well, right? So you would go to – everybody went to Fargo. I didn't even know – there. I don't think there was a Cadet Worlds or, you know, age group world championships at that time. Um, and so you're always pushing to that next level. You want to be the best in the, in the state. You want to be the best in the country. Uh, and that was our mentality. We used to travel to Tulsa Nationals as kids. We, we went to all the tournaments. So you, you wanted to prove yourself in the state, but you also wanted to be the best in the country. You wanted to beat everybody. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, again, being very fortunate, the area we grew up in, Kerry Collat made the 2000 Olympic team, which was right when I was coming into high school. Uh, um, you know, and he was 10 miles down the road. And our, my junior high coach, Ronnie, Coach Headley, was his high school coach at Jefferson. So, um, and that was the, we're in the same County, right? So that small was, small world, you know, small world. And his sister was my English teacher in high school. And, you know, so, so paying attention to, to what that guy was doing, what Carrie was doing at the time was elevating us all, right? Sure. Just, just for the sheer sense that we, we saw a small town guy that we personally knew that was at the absolute highest level. 
and, and we all had the bug a couple years earlier that probably 96 games. I know for me, I was 10 years old. Uh, it, it, it was just, I understood what the highest level of wrestling was at the time, which was the winning an Olympic gold medal. Um, I, I, I saw that and I, I, all I told myself was that's what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do in life. Didn't care about anything else. I wanted to, I wanted to be an Olympic champion. Um, and, and I'm going to do what it takes type of type of mentality. And we all had that. Right. And so that drove us to be even better. And again, it, we were pushing each other. I didn't make the team as, as a freshman. Uh, I, I wrestled 112 because Drew Headley beat me every stinking time, you know, and, and so he was at 103, I was at 112. Right. And then we flip flopped the next year. Cause I, I really wasn't big yet. Um, you know, so, uh, having somebody like that, it, it keeps you honest, right. When, when you can't, when you, again, you walk out of high school day and you, and you lost three freaking matches that you wrestled that day. And you're going like, <laughs> I thought I was good. Uh, you, you know, but those guys were, I was chasing them, you know? So, so that was really my mentality to it. And then as you got older, you know, I wanted to win cadet nationals and junior nationals. And, and then you see the recruiting phases. Hey, I want to, I want to, you know, I didn't know what I had. I was completely open. I had no, no clue, no, no uh, pipeline anywhere. Um, I, I just wanted to be the best I could be. And uh, you know, I, I didn't really develop, you know, I wanted, of course, once I, once John talked to me after at Fargo one, one time I was like, okay, how do I not go wrestle for this guy? Um, you know, type of thing. And then that, that was, Hey, I got to do it. Everything I can to, to, to have that. Was that the path to Oklahoma state? Was that the, like, it, it, anytime anybody comes on here from Oklahoma state, it's almost like an obvious answer. Like what led you to Oklahoma state? Right. I mean, you have John Smith there. Who's such John a legend. W. What, what is, is that strictly what led you there? Nothing else mattered. He was the coach. This is where I'm going to go train under. Um, that started it. That, that definitely yeah. got my attention. Right. Um, I remember him talking to me and I was like a, I was starstruck. Right. And I was a sure. junior in high school right when the, you know, the recruiting didn't start till July one going into your senior year and, yeah. uh, Fargo which is mid July. So it's the first communication I had with him. And, um, Kendall cross actually introduced us. Um, I, I knew Kendall a little bit from, um, from my club coach, Ty Moore growing up, um, Ty and his brother, of course, is Teague. And so we had a little connection already to OSU. And um, I was like, that's where you need to go. And then I, I, Kendall was at Fargo and he introduced me to John. And when John talked, I, I was literally, I was starstruck. I was in awe, um, you know, and, and talked to my dad. I was like, hey, I, I want to, this is a place that, you know, really I want to go um, or I want to, I want to see, I want to, and my dad was hesitant, didn't know John, didn't know anybody from there, never been to Oklahoma other than Tulsa Nationals, never you know, and, and it just sort of materialized from there. And then once I went on, on a visit and, you know, uh, Mark Branch and Pat Smith picked me up and I got to know those guys. And I was like, wow, this is, this is what I'm talking about. Of course they had won a national title the previous year. And, right. uh, you, you know, I mean, they're, they're the hot, they're the hot name in wrestling and yep. these guys are cool dudes more than anything. They were just good human beings. And, yeah. uh, and the team was unbelievable. Uh, it was, it was the most tight knit team I've ever seen. Um, you know, we were going through and, and it, it just continued and uh, it just everything, it checked every box once I got there, right? It, John intrigued me and then get, getting to know John more and Coach Smith and then Pat and Coach Branch and, you know, um, it, it just, everything just sort of, you know, you start going through this checklist and you're like, well, they got this, they got this, this school doesn't, you know, I didn't feel this there, this, I, I felt everything there when I went and it, it just, that's how it happened, you know, and recruiting process was way different. I, I only, I saw Stillwater one time on my visit. Uh, for 48 hours one night before I committed. Uh, John sat in my living room, um, came after my visit, right before signing period, because I hadn't made a commitment yet. And, um, you know, there was no social media. I didn't even have a cell phone. Um, so everything was going through my landline. I was answering messages at night <laughs> and calling coaches back. My dad made me call everybody back. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then I got my visits and then those coaches, you know, continued to uh, communicate and everybody came and sat in our house and talked and it was just one of those things where I just felt at home uh, I felt like if I wanted to be a gold medalist if I wanted to chase my dream being a national champ an Olympic champ that's where I needed to be and that's what I felt the most and it's funny because looking at your career like holistically you a lot of times nowadays you see a lot of ups and downs you see like freshman NCAA champions and then they kind of go down the next year and they up and down and up and down your your career you continually got better until you mastered it you know and if you look at your college career it's no different you went from eighth to fifth to runner-up to champion what do you think led to that success where you were on that forward progression and you kept going until you finished with an NCAA championship I'm sure so much went into that but what do you look back and think 
okay, this is what I was able to do to continue to get better and end up with that national championship? Um, you know, again, I go back to chasing my teammates, right? You look at your team. I wanted to do everything I could for us to win. You know, my first two years, we won a title. Nothing, nothing felt better than as a team to accomplish something like that. But, you know, my freshman year, we had five NCAA champs. Uh, and two other All-Americans, and, and, and uh, I think we had two or th three of them returning, um, you know, so for my for my sophomore year, and I wanted to just be like those guys. I was just yep. doing everything I could to, to, to keep up with them and to make sure I wasn't letting the team down uh, type of thing, and, and um, you know, so that, that was a big part of it, and of course my coaches, man. I remember, you know, developing my elbow control series after my sophomore year, and I went from fifth at 25 to second at 33 the following year, and Yep. Um, you know, I, I really just had an open double of stuff on top those first couple of years and then developing some other controls and some scores and, you know, Pat Smith working with me one summer, my, my, that summer, uh, solely, I didn't, I didn't wrestle any freestyle and it was, um, it was like, Hey dude, this is what you're going to do. And you're not going to do anything else the rest of this summer, except for this control. And you're going to learn how to, you're going to learn how to score, uh, from it. Uh, and, and it just, it just kept developing every Every step I took, there was somebody in my in my wrestling career, coach life, that helped me develop something. I don't want to say new, but just just broadened my horizon to it. Yep. Um, and, and I just attached to it, and I just I just kept adding on to to the game. And of course, I I feel like you know with your career, you get smarter. You you learn how to wrestle your style. I wasn't trying to emulate John because nobody can, right? I wasn't. Right. Uh, I was I was just trying to take from him, take from Pat, take from Branch, take from Guerrero. Espo, uh, whoever it was, Mako, I, I mean, just take from all those guys and make it my own. If I can take one thing from everybody and make it my own, it, it's going to be unbelievable. Um, and, and of course, those guys worked so stinking hard. I was just doing what they were doing. I was literally, I, I walked in as a young freshman going like, wow, this is what it's about. I'm just going to follow these guys. They're winning. Why not? Um, you know, so I was, I was trying to do everything that they were uh, with weight wise, which I wasn't very good at, but, uh, everything else I felt like I, you know, I was lifting harder. I was working harder. And, and you, you always think you're a hard worker until, until you get to the next level. And there's always yeah. somebody else going, damn, that's what I need to do. Right? And, right. and that's what I was just sort of doing, just chasing that. And then you just, you know, I, I, I and after college, I did this really well, but I, I felt like, uh, well, really after 2000, about 2011, I focused in on what, what I needed to do. Uh, and, and I eliminated everything extra. There was, sure. my life was so, such a groundhog day and I, I loved it. I knew what time I was waking up. I knew what, what I was doing at this hour, this hour, and it was the same every day. I didn't worry about everything else at that, you know, later in my career, I was married, had a daughter, and, you know, leading up to 12, but it, it simplified my life. And, and we all, John always said, the simpler your life becomes, the more success you seem to come to you. Right. When you're, when you're scrambled and you're crazy all the time, you're trying to keep up, you're, you're, you're sort of on a stationary bike. You're just going you're going really fast, but you're not going anywhere. Um, and, and so when I, when I eliminated, I, I wasn't had huge distractions, but I just didn't care. The, the whole world could have collapsed around me, but as long as I was waking up at six, eating here, going to work out here, right. uh, coming home, eating lunch, going to work out here, having dinner, going to bed, repeat. I didn't care if the economy was crashing. I, and, and it was in 2008 yeah. and on, right? Uh, I, I, it didn't bother me. I was living the simple life. I was getting a small paycheck that barely covered the bills. My wife was working and I was just doing my job. Um, and that's, that's when I, when I realized that everything sort of came together. Um, yeah. and, and as I went through college, I, I realized, you know, now looking back at it, I, I sort of did the same thing. You engross yourself in your work and just let that take over and let the process play out. Don't, don't say, Hey, I'm going to win this match. No, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure I'm prepared to do the right things and the wins will take care of themselves. And did your perspective evolve? Like it looked like I was just before we started, I was watching your, your senior NCAA finals match where you pinned Slayton in like a minute. Right. And you look relaxed going into it. You looked like your, 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 I don't want fits your focus or your perspective, but it looked proper. Did that evolve throughout college to even like learning, having that self-awareness of, Hey, I can't be John Smith. Hey, I can't be this guy, but Hey, I can learn something from John. I can learn something from Mako. Did your perspective continue to evolve? Absolutely. You know, I remember the hardest loss to, to date in my entire career I've ever taken was that my junior year national finals um, against Matt Blenny. Um, I, I felt like I went out and I got sort of the only, I, I got the only takedown of the match, but he beat me. 
you know, and it's still today, it haunts me a little bit of being my hardest loss ever. And I remember feeling after that, um, I I was like, I couldn't, I was struggling to, to, to recoup, to recover, uh, for for weeks. That's all I could think about. It's all, I I was in this sort of, you know, down, I remember sitting in John's office and he goes, what are you satisfied with being second? Right. Is that okay? And and I'm going, and and it, 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 I was so mad at him, uh, for, for thinking that it was okay with me. Right. And, right. and, and things like that just, just drove me. And, and I struggled a little bit, my getting, you know, my weight and stuff. I had a little injury at the beginning of my senior year and, um, you know, but, but that things like that. And like you said, my perspective changed. I, I going into that finals, my senior year, I had, everybody's like, ah, oh, you, you're a senior. You hadn't won yet. The pressure, I didn't have any pressure, you know, and it's, is we were told in college, pressure is a privilege. If, if people were watching you, Right. And they're and quote unquote putting pressure on you. It's because you're doing something special. Right. Sure. So that, that, that that's that's earned. Right. But but I remember sitting in the, the hotel all day uh, with Espo and Zach was with me that that entire day, um, you know, eating a couple of times with him. But just sitting there talking through stuff and, you know, just being relaxed about everything. Being like, hey, guys, this is, you know, I don't want to, I felt like I was going to win that match no matter what, just right. from where my mind was. Right. And, and I think we all felt that way. Right. You, sure. You, I, I wasn't looking at, hey, let's get this monkey off my back, and I, I'm this is this is crazy. I gotta win. I gotta win. I gotta win. No, I knew everything I had done leading up into that point in my not just my year but my life. Uh, I had done it the right way, I guess. You know, 2020 hindsight, you could change things, but yeah. But I, but I knew I'd given everything I had, and I had no I had no regret going into that match from where my career had taken me. Uh, so I, I, I was I was focused, relaxed. Um, looking back at it now, I thought I sort of stunk. Uh, you know what the way my wrestling evolved after that but but at the time I was the best me the best version and, and that's sort of what I look at and up until that point right let's say that thing that was 2008 you've mm-hmm. already had like 12 years of like championship seasons junior state college and you wrestled another eight years leading up those first 12 years or so how did you not burn out and continue you see a lot of people who who start really young kind of fizzle out and it's, yeah. it's a it's a demanding sport i'm curious what you think your reason is for not burning out and able to continue that forward progression that you had i think a lot of it is well there's a few big things that i always look at i, I think that uh one of them is weight cutting i i wasn't allowed to cut weight growing up right i just and it was old school before you registered online so i walked up to the tournament whatever i weighed i wrestled uh, growing up through little league, um, high school, I cut, I, I thought at the time I was cutting a little bit, a few pounds, really wasn't cut much. Yeah. Um, it really didn't evolve. So I think that that helped a ton. Um, and, and then I think the people that were always around me, uh, you know, my parents put around me, right. That they were, they weren't, I didn't have other kids complaining about, oh, I can't wait to get through wrestling season. No, we were wanting to just, we were wanting to get better every day. We were wanting to wrestle yeah. the next level. We were wanting to uh, win a freestyle junior national title. We were wanting to do a whole bunch of other things um, and playing other sports. When, when it was fall, um, I wrestled through Fargo and then I'd go right into soccer and I'd play soccer uh, all the way up. And, and they overlapped a little bit, you know, because yeah. we were making the playoffs a couple of years in soccer and uh, our, our preseason would overlap with the end of our soccer season. But fortunate for us, our soccer coach was our wrestling coach. Uh, and, and so we implemented those pretty well. And um, and then, you know, I played baseball my freshman year until I broke my elbow, um, and, and I couldn't, can't really throw anything, uh, <laughs> anymore, but, uh, I have a couple pins in there still, a couple screws. So, so, uh, but, but I was always doing something else that kept wrestling me missing wrestling, uh, just for long enough, but I, it wasn't that I was off and I was completely, uh, not working out. I was always working out. I was always doing something to evolve in a, in a, maybe a different way. Um, but, but the love of the sport and not, not solely focusing on, you need to win, uh, Tulsa nationals every year. You need to win state. And that's the only focus. That's all we're focused. No, man, I was wanting to, I was wanting to win state title in soccer. I was wanting to make the playoffs. I was wanting to, to help these other things. And that, that helped us a ton and our coaches encouraged it. Our parents encouraged it. Um, you know, and of course the weight thing I think was, is, is a huge benefit. When I see kids cutting weight, I'm going like, I, I'm not recruiting you because you win 18 little league state titles and everything in the country, you're a triple. Right. I don't care. I don't ask you that. I don't even know. Um, you know, go wrestle and get better. How about that? Get better at the sport, fall in love with the sport. Cause when you fall in love with the sport, usually, usually it carries you through life. 
I love the sport more maybe now, even than I did growing up, right? And because of my perspective on it, right? I, I feel like it's given me everything in my in my world, my life right now. It's given me a, a great career. I met my wife at Oklahoma State. I have three kids. I, you know, so it's given me all this stuff. Now it's my turn to give back to to these kids and these generations of what this gave me. Um, you know, and it's just it's just one of those sports, man. When you're in and you and you see what it's about, not the wins and losses, what it's about and what it builds you as. How can you not love it? You know, how can you not love this thing, this thing that we do? Um, you know, and I don't I don't know. I think I was fortunate with my parents, my coaches. Um, that that's really what I could attribute me not burning out for. Yeah. And I want to talk about your coaching style and a few things, but to kind of go through the Olympic run real quick, you were fourth in the Olympic trials in 2008, and then mm -hmm. you ended up making the team in 2012. When you look back as a whole of that chapter, that four-year cycle, what can you look back and say, that's what helped me to push through and make the team in 2012? Um, so I took third, nine, 10, and 11. Right. Yep. And, and I remember I went as a training partner uh, in nine and 10 uh, and, and nine was Sean Bunch was a world team member. 10 was Mike Zadick. Um, 11, Reese Humphrey made the team and, and I didn't go as a training partner because I was so pissed off at myself uh, and I was tired of getting third. I was literally tired of getting third. Um, I didn't feel like I was doing everything correctly with my diet. Um, I was training hard. But, but there's always these little things that you can change. Sure. Uh, and, and so I took a deep dive in that. And I remember my dad talking. Of course, he was at all the Olympics or all the world team trials, everything. I remember sitting down with him after 11 and, 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 uh, and it was in Oklahoma City. My daughter was born that week, um, like literally Monday. We, we planned my day off for Monday. Um, I worked out Sunday, had her, had her, went to the doctor hospital on Sunday night, had her on Monday. I wrestled on like Friday or Saturday, right? So, I remember him sitting down and going like, Hey dude, you got a college degree. You've got two minors. Uh, you know, everybody in the wrestling world, what are you doing? What are you doing? You've got a wife and a child right now. Are you going to continue to do this? And not saying you're not doing good, but you sure. know, real world, you got to make some money, man. Your wife's working 40 hours a week. You're on her insurance. Uh, you know, there were so many factors. Are, are, are you going to support your family? Is this something that's viable? Uh, and you don't want to miss an opportunity just because you want to chase this dream, right? And that moment, I'm going like, what are you talking about? I'm going to be an Olympic champ still. And he's like, well, you, you've been third the last three years. You haven't had an opportunity, right? What, what do you, you, you better come to realization something might need to change or, you know, um, and at that moment, I, I, I knew that 12 might be my last year. I wasn't dead set on it. I wasn't dead set on wrestling yet. Um, in that moment, I changed a few things in my, in my, in my diet, in my training, in the way I thought about things. And, and you know, having a, a, a daughter really changed the perspective of my life, sure. what, what it was about, right? Um, it, it was about supporting them and, and how I was going to do that. Um, you know, and, and things become a little different when you got to feed somebody else. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and that was a big part of my transition from 11 to 12 and those jumps I made and, and very fortunate, you know, at that moment, uh, at that time, right at that time, right after 11, uh, Kenny Monday came in as our club coach at OSU. Uh, um, so it gave me a different outlook on some of the things I was doing technically, uh, stuff like that. So just added, you know, somebody, we had John and Zach and Guerrero yeah. and then you had Kenny. So now you got another Olympic champion in the room and, and, and all that stuff combined sort of helped me transition into that 2011, 12 year uh, and go on that run. And when you, when you finally make the team, what kind of honor was it? You know, here we're coming off Memorial day yesterday where you see the flag everywhere and you, and you just, you think about it so much more on days like 4th of July Memorial day. Yeah. What kind of honor was it to represent the USA in the Olympics? Every time I hear that national anthem, it gives me Jills, still to this day because that's what when you realize you want to be an Olympic champ and you see every picture you see or video you see it's the American stand on there with the national anthem playing in the background and sort of tears coming down their face just the, the yeah. pure joy that those people have because they've reached that level right and as you said like that's all I wanted to do was represent the country and put that flag on my chest and, and, and do it in the right way represent them in the way that they can say, man, that's, that's the way you should do it. That's, that's 
you know, I, I kudos to that guy for doing that, you know, and, and we have tons of them, you know, JB and Kyle and yeah. all those guys that have, you know, won gold medals. And, you know, every time to this day, it just, you know, just being prideful in something, right. Whether it was high school, winning for Waynesburg, college, winning for Oklahoma State, then it transitions. Hey, I want, I want to, I want to be, I want to be representing the United States of America because it is yeah. the greatest country in the world, uh, and I want to hear that the national anthem uh, on that on that night in London, and 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 that's what I want with me standing on on top of that podium. Um, and, and so you just take pride in, in that. I wasn't worried about money. I wasn't worried about the sponsorship. I wasn't worried about any of that. I was worried about representing America and freaking putting that, that flag on my chest. That's all I wanted. It's really to give back. I think I saw Gwiz tweet something yesterday, just about every time he hears a national anthem, he, yeah, and sees that. the flag. He, he sees, you know, he just thinks about all the people that really give us the opportunity to do what we want to do. Right. For me to chase this dream and, and we got other people making sacrifices their life. Right. Uh, that's what I'm thankful for. And that's all I wanted to do was give back to them a little bit in that, in that moment or that, that time, that short period that I can, I wanted to yeah. do that for them. And what was your perspective after the Olympics? You know, everybody wants the Olympic gold and it, it's such an honor to, to medal. The Olympics is insane. The, the small number of people who actually do that is just wild. What was your perspective after you, you win the bronze, you only lose to Askarov who end up, being the gold medalist in 12 and silver in 16. What was your perspective heading out of London? Uh, well, uh, that night I broke down a little bit because I was, um, you know, I held it in for a little while, but I remember the team party. I just, I broke down a little bit, you know, you have two gold medalists. Um, it's all I wanted to ever do. And, sure. and it's like that. It was like the, I don't want to say worse, but you were right there, right? You, you yeah. came away with something, but you're right there. You're, you're even closer than, than getting pinned, yeah. getting, not even having to, you know, go on, whatever. Yeah. Um, it hurt. It hurt. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I remember being, you know, tucking the metal away after that night and, you know, putting it in my bag. And uh, I was flying home just two, two days later because the, the games were, we were right at the end of the games. And I'm with John and we're flying to Oklahoma City. And, uh, we had a connection in Chicago and there's a bunch of people waiting because we were all on, we're all the Olympians were flying together. So they knew we were yeah. coming in on United. And so there's TV people there. And, and I just sort of put my head down and, you know, didn't, nobody knew who I was. I, di I didn't care for them too, you know? And yeah. I remember John grabbing me and he's like, dude, you, 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 these people just watched you do something very special. Their, their, their pride in, in you being an American and, and representing them in this moment, show this off, be proud of what you've done. Uh, and I was like, yeah, you're, you're right. I probably should. Right. But I was still a little upset. And I remember, and then it, we got to Oklahoma city and of course everybody knows John in Oklahoma and we're walking through the airport and one of the workers stopped us and recognized him and me and, 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 and John, you know, it brought back full perspective. She was crying because I had won for the country. Right. And yeah. uh, thanking me. And I'm going like, thanking me for, for what I just wrestled a couple wrestling matches, right? And, right. and uh, you know, but he's like, "Hey, man, this 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 thing can change people's lives." Just seeing it, you know, you never know who's going to have that dream one day, or who's going to who's always been engrossed in it and never been able to do it. Just being able to feel and touch and see that medal, and you can change somebody's life for the for the good. Yeah. Uh, and so that sort of changed what what I was, you know, the way I looked at it. Um, I, I I'm still, you know. It's I don't even know where it is right now. The the metal per se, you know, it's sort of just tucked away somewhere. Um, you can send it to I, me I, for the office if you don't want it. <laughs> I, I I don't really get it out unless it's I have to do some digging every time somebody asks me. Yeah. I usually ask like where it is. Um, you you know it, it's I'm very glad of what I did and what I accomplished, and it was more for the people that put everything their whole lives into me sure. to chase this crazy dream. Because uh, that's the way it's viewed, right? It is a crazy dream, and you know, I wasn't making money. I was doing all this just just for pride and, and the love of the sport. Um, you know, it was it was for them, it was for my wife, my, my family. We had 90, 96 people in London with family and friends there uh, that were in the venue that day. I won. Uh, it was for them, right? It, it was it was bittersweet, um, and to say the least. Um, but I'm very thankful that I that I. <laughs> I was able to come through on that because I can't imagine being on the other end and walking yeah. away with nothing, giving my life to everything. And, you know, 
you know, and not that it's nothing. You make it, you're, you know, as I say, once an Olympian, always an Olympian. It's not past form or present. You're an Olympian. Uh, it, it's a huge accomplishment. Um, but, but it was for them. If I could, it, it, I've never been able to thank everybody because they're always there but, and tell them because it is sort of hard to say, you know, what's this for? Well, it's for you. You guys gave me your life, right? Yeah. You let me chase this thing. Mom, dad, you, you took, carted me around the country for my, my whole career and, and not knowing what it would uh, accumulate to even go to college, you, you know, gave me that opportunity. It gave me an opportunity to chase this, this dream. And, uh, this for you, for my wife, freaking working every day while I went to practice, uh, and, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, you know, this for you guys, this is, this is for you guys. And, and you know, I'm still doing what I love and chasing another crazy dream and, and, <laughs> right. and trying to develop national dance. Right. So, um, it, it was hard to explain how I felt after that moment. That I, I, I really was happy for a short period of time. Yeah. And when it sunk in, when I was standing on the work saying, I got to listen to the damn Az- Azari national anthem or whatever you want to call it, their song. Um, it hurt. It hurt hard, you know, cause I felt like it, the match was very close between me and his off. And I was just a little too little too late, uh, type of thing and watching him beat Kukov in the finals. Uh, actually I didn't even watch it. Uh, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, I didn't even watch the match because I, I, I didn't care yeah, uh, at that moment, right? I was yeah. I was doing my thing. Yeah, um, you know, so it, it was it was hurtful, you know, leaving there a little bit hurt my heart, right? But 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 I was very thankful for my coaches, my family, uh, and it, it was for them. They put their life into me, uh, and it's the least I could do is show them something uh, it, and walk it, away with something. Totally. And you still went another four years into 2016. Uh-huh. Did you know instantly, like, I have more in the tank? Like, did it leave you hungry and that's why you went another four years? Well, I was 26 at the time. And um, at that moment, I felt great. Leading up to the Olympics, my body was unbelievable. I was, my health sure. was unbelievable. My diet was good. Um, and, and when Coach told me earlier in, the, in my career, simplify your life, I did the complete opposite of that after 12, right, with uh, getting into coaching. Um, and, and had another, another kid in 2014, which that's, that, that stuff was easy compared to what I was doing, but just right. making the move in 14, uh, out to North Carolina. Uh, but, but my mindset also, I was in another part of my life, right? I was in the, in the, I, I am this, this sport gave me everything that I could ask for. Now's my, now's time to make sure that I can support my family. Right. And I need to set it up to where. Cause this is now I'm looking at the next 30, 40 years to make sure that I'm in the, I have the right opportunities for them, my kids, my wife. And so she doesn't have to work freaking all the time and, and, and she can do what she wants to do. Maybe uh, it, where I've, I've sort of sure. over the whole relationship and done everything I wanted to do. Um, yeah. Now's time for that. And so that was my mindset. Once, once I got into coaching, I knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, but again, I don't, I don't regret any of it. I, sure. I, I, did I, did I reach my ultimate goal? Did I, could I have been in a better train? Absolutely. Um, you know, but I, I have zero regrets. I gave it everything I had. I, at the moment, I thought it was the, the right decision, and, 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 it, and it, I still believe it was, right? If I'm in that situation again, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, I, I could have stuck around and just said, no, I'm going to train. Uh, I'm going to do this. Um, I was getting older. My body definitely felt that, that next four years, huge transition in my body uh, with, with the sense of um, the, uh, the recovery. I just couldn't recover as fast as I could those prior four years, which makes sure. sense. Yeah. You get into that back half of your twenties, you feel that, right? And I was stubborn as hell and not making a few adjustments in my training. I was trying to do the same things, and and then of course when they came back out with the new weights, I was I was stuck. Um, I was a true sixty kilo guy, uh, most ideal weight for me. I could be big, but not too big, and I I just sort of leaned my body out when I was making that weight, and it wasn't a huge weight cut. Um, and then, you know, so coming into 16, it's like, hey, dude, you, you get big and feel – wasn't my right feeling. I don't know. I, I, I just I, – should I have done that? I don't know. But I went down to the next weight at 57. Um, and, and, you know, I, I don't know. I, it was I, – I, again, I don't regret that decision uh, Yeah, no, totally. And, and I, I think it's easy to always look back and, and say you have regrets, even if you didn't, just because sometimes people take that as the easy way out. Like, well, I would have done this yeah. differently or in hindsight, but yeah. And you know, I don't think I would have. Right. You know, I, I just think that 57, it sucked. Sucked making yeah. weight. Absolutely. Sucked. I never felt worse in my life. Um, you know, but again, it, it was, Hey, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do it the right way. You know, I remember 
my dad and my wife actually were the, were the front runners on that. Right. And they're like, Hey dude, you, you've beaten all these guys at 57. Cause I, you know, I grew up, they were at 60 and 50. I've beaten all those guys and yeah. throughout the, throughout the last seven years at, at one point or another, I competed well with them. Um, they're like, you can be an Olympic champion at 57. No doubt in my mind. Uh, I trained around, I only weighed 143 to 145 when I was training. So that was the next weight up. And they're like, yeah. you're going to add 15 pounds of weight. Where, I mean, how it's going to be, it's not going to be good weight. <laughs> Right. a short amount of time i could definitely yeah. do it as you can see now i can do it it's not hard but it's not <laughs> right. a great way um you know and they're like you can be it and i remember we were coming back from something with my wife and we we're in the car we we're here in north carolina it was 15 it was 2015 maybe the summer of 15 um i just not made the team at, at 60 um and i sent it i just sent a text to, to coach smith do you think i can make uh, 57 kilos and be the best in the world. That's all I said. And he replied back with capital yes and about eight exclamation points. And I was like, all right, I'm in. Right. <laughs> and that's all it took. Right. And, and my dad and Jessica had already been pushing me a little bit that way. And so I was leaning that way anyway. But yeah. as soon as he said it, I said, okay, I'm, I'm in. I'm 100% in. We're going to do it this way. Uh, we sat down. We got a meal sponsorship because I was head coach. I was just becoming the head coach at the time. Um, and so it was, it was hard to meal prep like I'd done leading up most of my career. Um, and, and so I just, we, we got a company and I just sort of went two feet in and, you know, the rest is sort of history. It, it, again, losing in the trials, it was, is what it is. And, you know, take nothing away from those guys. They, they beat me that day. And your last match was, was it, it, um, you know, but again, it's funny how that works out with Tony being your last match. And I was watching that match too. First of all, what was he saying to you? This, this kid always has like these monologues after foreign matches. Like he did it with Gilman. He was talking to you. Do you remember what he was saying to you after? Yeah, he's, he, he said, I'm not done. He, he asked, he literally, it was a conversation. Like he said, he goes, are you done training? And I said, I, I can't remember what I said, but I was, it was a, it was a hell yeah, I'm done. This is it. That was it. Yeah. Right. I, I'm not going anymore. <laughs> like that, I knew at that moment I was done. Right. Um, and, and he said, if, if, you know, anything materialized, I'd love to train with you. I said, hell, I don't care. Right. Yeah. I'm done. It don't matter. Yeah. I'd love to, I'd love to train with you. Um, and we were competitors all the way up until then. Of course, I will yeah. stay. And of course I knew nothing other than I, I didn't know the backstory of what, uh, what progressed later in that tournament. Right. I, yeah. I knew none of that. I, and I didn't pay attention to any of it at the moment. Uh, sure. Right. And you know, I, <laughs> funny story. So we're, that he beats me and you know i'm sort of i don't know so i wasn't salt in hell I, I i lost and i think it was harder on my family knowing that i was done and what the hell are they going to do for the rest of the, <laughs> the next so many years there's no wrestling there's no following us around and and going around the world and every tournament and uh but the next day we or after the tournament we loaded up and uh we're driving we were flying out of chicago just because we had the whole family there I had you know jessica and the two kids and um yeah um, and so we're going, we're driving to Chicago and sort of just talking. The kids are sleeping in the back of the car. I remember to this day, we're talking about Jessica and I, and she's writing an Instagram post, uh, crying uh, about the, my, our, our, our career being done yeah. and competitive. Uh, and I'm going like, hey, what are you crying about? Who cares? It's done. Right. I, I lost. It's done. You know, uh, she's like, yeah, but this has been our, you know, anyway, she was writing and I get a call on my phone from a Chicago area code. And I'm like, Hmm. It's odd. I, I better answer this. We were heading to Chicago fly out. It could be something with our flight. And yeah. I don't know why I thought that. So I answer it and it's Tony's brother, Frankie. Yeah. And he's like, Hey, this is, and I knew, I never knew, never met Frankie, didn't know who he was, nothing. And he's like, Hey, this is Frankie. Uh, I'm Tony's brother. You can hang up right now. And I'm like, no, nah, dude, that's not me. What, what's going on? And, and I love wrestling people. Really uh, you can hang up right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I, I still hadn't even watched what the, the press conference of Tony. I yeah. had no clue what that was, what he was talking about. Right. I was going like, I would heard this stuff, but I never watched it. I, I didn't, again, I was, I was, I was done competitively wrestling. I was, I was hanging out with my family. I didn't really care. Um, and he's like, Tony's going to make a move. And, and I sort of started asking why. And he's like, you didn't want, I was like, no, I know. I didn't, I didn't watch anything. I was just <laughs> maybe might've seen it, but I didn't hear the chatter, but I didn't know the ins and outs. 
And right. uh, anyway, we we're going early so we could get some. Of course, I was done wrestling, so we we're going to go get some Chicago deep dish pizza because I, you know, just binge on that a little bit, eat, eat everything I could. <laughs> sure. um, and I said, hey, we're going to this restaurant if you want to meet us. And he was already back in Chicago and he went and met us and sort of introduced himself. My wife's sitting in the passenger seat going, absolutely not. Nope, not happening. You know, because she was ultra, she's ultra competitive. So she's like, Tony Ramos is not coming, you know. Uh, and, and I called my I called my assistant coaches like, all right, guys, I got something crazy for you. Um, I just got a call, and this is sort of where we're at. And and they had a pause. All of them had a pause. And and I remember Neil Erzman coming on. He goes, um, so before we go down this, is it is this okay? Are are you okay with this? I'm like, I don't care. My my mindset's changed. If this can help the program, hell yeah, I'm okay with it. Yeah. And he goes all right, then it's the best idea I've ever heard. Let's do it. You know, and they were, they were real hesitant to, to say anything. And right. anyway, it, it, he came out and visited uh, a week or two later and, and liked it. And we met him and his, and Megan. And uh, of course it was sort of now it's, you know, shoot, we talk every day. They text his wife, my wife texts all the time. And uh, you know, they see each other every week and, you know, so it's sort of the rest is history type of deal. And um, you know, I, I didn't care at the moment. I don't care. I don't care. Hell, he beat me. I, I, not, I mean, they're not, not can combat. I don't care what the right. sport, you know, dude got his hand raised. I didn't, uh, I'm not going to sulk over. I'm not going to hate him for it. Right. Um, now he's, we're, we're trying to build a program together, do the right yeah. things together. And I think we're doing, doing fairly well at it. For sure. And when you stopped competing, did that help that transition from athlete to coach? Because I know I hear from I hear from a lot that it's a tough transition to make. What was the transition like for you? And when you kind of stopped doing both, did that make it easier? Um, in a certain sense, yes. Um, it, it was hard to find what my what I was looking for in life at that moment, right? Sure. Like, okay, I've chased this one thing for twenty years. What's next? Um, yeah. And I just went full in and grossed myself in. We're going we're gonna to have a national champ. First, that's where we're going to start. We're going to start with All-Americans. We're going to start with national champs, uh, chase team trophies. We're, we're going to do the maximum of what we can do in the college athletics realm. Um, I, I want to coach world team members. I want to I I coach world champions, Olympic champions myself. Um, yeah. And so I just went that route. I just went fully engrossed. But, yes, it was, a, it was an odd transition, to say the least, um, from 16, April of 16, leading into that year. Um, you know, of what, what my goals were, right. I sort of had to reevaluate. I've had one goal my whole life. Um, I had to, I had to go back to quote unquote, the drawing board and say, okay, yeah. what's next, what's next, you know, what, what are we going to do, uh, when we're not traveling the world, but, but, you know, when one door closes about eight more open and yeah. you figure out different ways to get better in this realm and coaching yeah. and doing different things and, you know, helping out with USA wrestling. You know, I went right into, I coached the world team in 17 with, with Bill and uh, those guys, you know, so I just, I just fully jumped in with, uh, on, in that level, um, you, you know, and just sort of tried to, you know, I was, I, we're Carolina and University of North Carolina, great place to be, great place to live. So I, I, I met a whole bunch more people. When I was training those first two years, I don't think I met anybody outside my coaching staff and nor did sure. I care to, right? And, and Jessica did. She was, because I think, I thought that was huge for her. But now we know a bunch of local people. We know people that are born and raised here that are move-ins, right? And we've got all these friends outside. And I, I sort of, you know, jumped in that way and said, okay, now I need to start getting involved with the community and, and what we're doing and uh, getting, letting people know about what Carolina wrestling is and, and, and what we're doing. And, and uh, so, so it's definitely opened those doors up in that sense. And, uh, you know, again, it was, it was one of those moments. It was tough for me. I remember restless nights you know, not working out and just going like, what are we, what am I doing? What am I doing? What, is, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Right. I, I felt my whole competitive career, that was what I was supposed to be doing. Uh, you know, so I, I questioned myself a little bit in that sense, especially when there's struggles in life. I think we all do or when there's sure. struggles with the team and, you know, and not winning like you thought you could, and, um, you know, but, but not losing focus of what your, what, what the goal is at that moment. Right. Not just saying, throwing my hands up saying, I'm done. This is too hard. Right. No, fighting your way through that to, to get to where you are now. And, you know, you, you touched on it a little bit about your aspirations as a coach, but when you have won at every single level as an athlete, you've won on the junior level, you've won on the Olympic stage. What, what does that do when it translates to now you're a coach and you have aspirations, it sounds like, 
to have to check every box you can possible world Olympic NCAA champions. Do you have specific goals and aspirations as a coach? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm not, I'm a realist, right? I understand that just winning at every level doesn't make me a great coach, right? I've got to learn to be a great coach and and I've got to, when you stop learning, uh, you stop growing. Right. And if I, if I, right now it's, it's like my wrestling style. I was going to take one from Mako Espo, Pat Smith, Branch, John, make it my own. I do the same thing in coaching. That's my mindset. Now I'm going to, I still talk to John. I still talk to all the alumni, uh, OSU alumni that are head coaches and, assistant coaches and I'm always picking their brain and asking, Hey, what are you doing here? What's, what do you, what's your thought process on this? Right. I'm always trying to grow in that sense uh, because I feel like that's how we keep elevating ourselves. Right. Yes. I want to coach individual national champs. Yes. I want to chase team trophies. Yes. I want to coach a world champion. Yes. I want to coach junior world champion. Yes. I want to coach, you you know, uh, Olympic champion. I want all that. I want I want to coach every athlete that I want. I want them to outdo me every bit of the way. And I'm going to give you sort of the way I did it. The people I was around, I've won team titles at a lot of different levels. Uh, I've won individual titles at a lot of different levels. I'll give you everything I know plus everything I've learned. I'm going to be an open book. How I, how I tell our guys, it's a two-way road. I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to pour my heart into you. I'm going to open the book. You, you'll have everything uh, from everybody I'm around. you got to give me everything, and we'll get there together, right? And that's sort of the way that we progress as a program. Uh, two-way road, we're going to give you everything. You're going to do everything. And I, my goal – hasn't changed now that I've looked back on it. My goal hadn't changed. Let's be the best in the country, best in the world. That's it. Very easy to, to, to put it on a piece of paper. I want to be a national champ. I want to be an Olympic champ. And I'm going to keep progressing through these stages. I'm going to grow along the way. My mental capacity is going to be more. I'm going to learn more. I'm going to do more, whether it's mentally, physically, uh, technically. I'm going to keep growing in every aspect of life. Um, and that's sort of where I'm at now. Now I'm even, you know, transitioning into my kids, right? I, I, I want my, my kids to be open-minded. I want them to be chase greatness, right? I, I want them to, to look at it and say, if there's one thing I've learned, it's hard work. Uh, and that's how you get there. There's no secret recipe to being great in a lot of things. No, work your ass off. That, that'll, the, the, the things will come, right? And, and again, having no regrets in life is huge to me, whether it's coaching or wrestling or parenting at the moment doing what's right what's right in front of you and go with it don't second guess yourself go with your gut uh have discussion and and move on don't look back say ah we could have done this because there's a lot of things i could have done differently now looking at the results of it i could have done this it would have been i i don't care about that stuff i live i live in the moment and what's in the future i don't care about i'm in the past the past i'm not going to try to change it it's unchangeable so keep striving to be the best that you can be. Um, I'm not here to change you as a wrestler. I'm here to make you the best you, plain and simple. Yep. And is one of those aspirations on the RTC level too? I mean, you have J.O. there right now, which to have a, any RTC who has a front runner like J.O. is, I think is incredible for an RTC to, to boast. Do you want to build the RTC alongside the college program as well? Yeah, I mean, winning Olympic medals, you you got to do it, right? Yeah. The way I look at it is I want to build from within, right? And I'm not quite to that point yet. I think I have guys on the team that can – when I say build within, I want alumni filtering into that, right? I'm not a big – I'm not going to spread my wings too much to to fall flat on my face in a couple years. Um, So I'm I'm very selective. I don't want to get – have 10 12 guys i just we're, we're just not to that point yet as a, as a program that can support that yep. right so uh having kenny and jo and a couple other guys filtering in in the next couple of years and we, we have a couple more in there and it, it's we're just going to grow it slowly uh grow, grow it organically um and, and yeah I, I i talk to jo and i work out all the time and, and i tell him every day i want you to outdo everything i've ever done brother yep. I, and i'm gonna i'm gonna help you any way i can um, and he's made great strides here, you know, because yeah. of the relationships we've had, we have with him. And that's more importantly than, I mean, I, I don't know more skill than every place he's been. No, but our relationship's unbelievable. And I think that's helped him progress more than any place just because of our relationship and, uh, and what we're able to, to feed off of each other. We're, we're able to have the hard conversation. We're able to talk openly. We're able to sort of call each other out. We're able to train hard and get yeah. pissed off each other and walk out of the room and nothing be wrong. Right. right. That's, that's how we operate. And, and cause I've known him since he's been a kid. 
um, you know, so, so, um, we're, we're, we're definitely going to grow it, uh, eventually, uh, when we're to that point. Um, I, again, I'm not in a rush. Yeah. I, I don't want to be in a rush. I, I, I wasn't in a rush with our team, with Carolina. I told my, my staff, my admin, this is the way I want to do it. Uh, it might take a few extra years at the front end to sustain for the next 10, 20 years. We're going to do it the right way. We're going to do it. We're not going to take shortcuts. Because at the end of the day, then you're, again, you're every year you're having to, boom, I'm having to do something. I got to do that. No, no, we're going to grow it organically. We're going to develop kids. We're going to recruit hard. We're going to develop kids. And that's our goal. Um, we're not going to, I'm not going to get the best kid if he's not the Carolina kid. And that's plain and simple. I'll get the best kid for us and I'll make, we'll, we'll do everything we can to make him the best wrestler in the country. And speaking of growing the North Carolina program, I mean, it, it seems like you're there. It seems like you're doing that. It, it sucks that, you know, NCAA's got canceled this year. But I, I think it's you guys had a winning percentage of 0.823, which is the best since like 1997. I mean, the UNC program is building. The ACC as a whole is the competition is growing. What is your perspective heading into this next season where you have guys in the team – like an Austin O'Connor, you have substance to this program you're building. What's your perspective with it moving forward? Um, you know, again, it comes back to what my whole career was. I got somebody to chase, you know, NC State's doing great things and Virginia Tech, they've already taken home team trophies before, yep. you know, before I got here and, and at, when I was here. And, um, you know, my perspective of our team is, man, we're, we're, we're just such the beginning stages of, of what we're doing. Um, you know, I had, at the AC championships, I had seven out of 10 freshmen, sophomores in the lineup. Uh, right. And, and so we're young so, such a part. Yeah, we're young. Uh, and we just keep recruiting and developing, uh, you know, and that's, the, that's the mindset we have Do everything. Well, like I said, organically in the right way. Um, and this team, uh, very special team as a whole, right there, they pushed each other. There was, it was, I don't, I don't want to say stress free year, but cause there's always stresses, but, Man, when I walk into practice and I just have to sort of tell them what we're going to do and they do it to the fullest, I don't have to get in anybody's butt and say, hey, this isn't how you – no, man, they, they were holding each other accountable. Uh, and, and that's when I knew we were going to have success. When they made, when they made that turn of, of going like, this ain't all right. That's not us. And they're calling their other teammates. That's not who we are. We don't yeah. do that. Um, I knew that we, we have some special leaders on this team. That's what it boils down to, having the right kids that are leading you in the right way. Uh, because as a coach, you know, you do so much, you, as I say, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't teach it to drink, right? These yeah. kids have to give you something and they've got to do that same thing. And they are, um, as a whole, uh, very tight knit team. And, and, and so I, I just see as my perception on our team is we're just starting, man. We're just starting of what we want to do. Um, we're, our growth is going to continue. Uh, we're going to keep developing, uh, guys like Austin, he's a, he's a heck of a leader. Um, and we're going to keep developing him. He's going to be better every single year he steps on the mat, and that's my goal. Uh, of course, third is a freshman, and so we got you know two seed going in the tournament last year. And I, I truly felt like with with the tournament he was prepared to have, he's going to be a national champ. He was going to be a national champ. I wrestled him the two days prior to then ending our season. I'm going like, whoa, this is a different cat, right? And, and that's what you, I saw with the whole team. Um, and, it, and we're getting better, you know, even now I know the guys are doing things on their own and, um, they're, 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 they're going like, we're more hungry than ever. We just got something taken away from us. We're, yeah. we're going to be better next year. Now they're taking pride in what we, what they've done, not me, what they've done and what they put out on the mat. They're taking pride in that. And it's not a pressure. It's pride. And, and, and again, like it was for the American flag for me, it's slapping that NC on their chest and say, Hey, this is us. This is who we are. And we're going to show you. Um, and, and that's what I love about it. Totally. And, you know, it's funny when we talk about NCAAs being canceled this year, UNC is one of those programs that I look at and say, man, they were on the rise to have somebody like an Austin O'Connor come in and have a national champ where it almost feels like it impacts you more than some schools. And it's easy to look from the outside and think that, but you know, one of the things we were texting about yesterday was all these social media posts you've been putting out about what are you thankful for today and this just attitude of gratitude you've had and it's it's with NCAAs being canceled and all these things happening it's more important than ever I'm curious what led you to not only have such a fresh perspective of gratitude but to really share it and encourage it like you're putting out posts every day and I know how I don't want to say it's hard to find things you're grateful for but my wife and I have a little magnetic 
like whiteboard on the fridge and we try to write down three things we're grateful for every day. And it makes you think sometimes, cause after you go through the first 10, yeah. 20, 30 things, it's like, okay, yeah. let me think of something, right? What led you to, to want to be doing that and, and really focusing on gratitude right now? So I, I don't know how it really came about, but I was uh, end of April. Um, you know, at that point, everybody's still sort of complaining that we didn't have our season. Uh, yeah. I saw a lot of complaining about this virus and what we can't do. Um, and I remember I was just sitting in the car one day and, uh, I think Jessica was driving. I was just looking at it and I just sort of typed it out and I'm like, man, what do you, what are you thankful for today? Uh, and I said one thing and I said, why? Uh, and I sent the tweet. Right. And then as I'm thinking about it and a couple people responding, I'm like, I, I should continue this through the whole month of May every day. And I haven't ever told anybody this. So you're the first, first one to know. I don't even know if my <laughs> wife knows, but um, I, I started writing in my notes and I'd say, you know, I put just like my tweet, what it is. So I'd copy and paste it, but I, I just started writing tons of them. So some mornings I wake up, I wake up in the middle of the night and, and I realize what I'm grateful for in that moment. Sure. Um, and of course some of them are, like you said, some of them are super easy, right? We, we we're yeah. thankful every day for this, you know, I'm thankful yeah. for, my family, my, you know, the life I have. Um, but there are days where it, it's, you know, what are you thankful for today? Uh, what, what, and I try to do it in the moment a little bit, you know, I write a bunch down, but I'll, I switch them around and, and I wake up and I'll be like, man, I'm, I'm really thankful that I have this opportunity. I'm really thankful uh, for, for the process that I went through. Uh, whatever the struggle was that day, I'm, I'm thankful that I went through this because it got me here and has the perspective that I have on it. Um, you know, I, I don't know how I really came about it. I just sort of started doing it. And, um, and do you feel the difference with it when you're doing it? Cause I know that when I'm writing things down, it forces you to focus on the good. Absolutely. It forces you when you're having a bad day, a bad week, a bad month, whatever it, it forces you to focus on that. Do you feel like your perspective is shifting toward the good when you're doing that Absolutely. exercise? Absolutely. And I do it every day and it takes me a lot longer to, you know, because again, I, I, I didn't go through uh, college or high school at the digital age. So I don't have a bunch of pictures that I can just go grab, right? So yeah. I'm trying not to repurpose any picture and, and yeah. trying to give a little, because as we know, when some, there's a picture, when it's visual, yeah. people click on it, people see it. And, I, and it's not for my, I don't, hell, I don't even know what my, my, uh, my feed is. I don't even know what the impressions are. I don't even look at them. I don't care. Yeah. Right. But I want people to see. Um, you know, and with a picture, they, they're, they're more visually inclined to click on it and, 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 and be thankful. Maybe they can say, Hey, I am thankful for this. That's, that's yeah. a freaking good perspective. And that's all it really is about. Um, but yeah, it takes me a while to, to actually sit down and like, I've got today's, you know, I got the word of what I'm thankful for. And, uh, but, but, but write a little bit of why I'm thankful for it. And hopefully my thing is, I, I just hope I can, again, going back to what coach said, inspire somebody, change somebody's life just because of a tweet they read, of an Instagram post they read, um, how it relates to them. And um, that, that's really what it's about. It's about impacting the next generation because I think that, you know, and I give it a bad rap. I think social media has a bad rap. I, I'm not a big fan of it because, and it's not because I'm not a fan of it. I'm, I'm a fan of the bad implementation by a lot of people from social media. And, yeah. and, and I, so I'm trying to just have a good perspective on, on what it can do because it can have positive impact people. Yep. But again, you know, I got a nine-year-old daughter. I'm going like, absolutely not. You will not have social media. I'm not, <laughs> you know, um, because I know what the back end's about. I know, I know how kids take advantage of it. I know it's yeah. not an open journal, which people think it is. No, it, this is a thing that once you send it, it can be found. And it, it, it better be thoughtful. It better be uh, something that's not a lie. You know, it better be, you know, just, just I, I see too many people ruin a lot of things with their implementation of social media. And so I'm maybe just trying to get myself because I, before this, this thing started, it was probably a year before I had a, a or an original tweet. I don't, I don't tweet. I don't, I don't <laughs> post pictures. I don't. That's what was so fascinating about it. One of the things is yeah. like, I know Coleman, he's not the biggest, you know. No, I care less about it. Yeah. I care less about social media. I mean, I didn't go up in that, you know, I didn't have anything in college. I didn't have, you know, I just got a Twitter when I was, I think 2012, JB got me to get one. And, you know, so I, I, I just, I never have that. I didn't grow up loving it. It doesn't do anything for me. It, it's just a, it's a, a, just a rabbit hole that you can chase down. It's not always a lot of good, um, you know. And so it, it is what it is. I, I just try to, try to. Hopefully, I can inspire somebody to be thankful because we are living. And again, going back to Memorial Day, we're living this life because of other people. 
It's not because of what I've done, right? It's these people before us that have given us this freedom and what we have in this great country and this place to live and have an opportunity to free. I'm co- I coach wrestling. Nothing better in life than that. At a beautiful, that. amazing school. <laughs> yeah, like, like it was a lot of people before me that get, it's the reason I had this opportunity, right? And that's what I'm just trying to express, just the, the, the gratitude and the thankfulness of all the people that have come in my life and that are still in my life. And, and I hope that they can, you know, because it is an easier way to reach a big, big portion of the people yeah. that I'm, I'm, I'm around. Um, you know, and so it's something that I, I've always wanted to focus on. And I think that this, this, you know, with, with uh, great struggle, which we're in with this pandemic, great opportunity comes about. And it's sort of one of those things that I'm, I'm trying to make it a better platform for myself For sure, uh, in that sense. For sure. Well, listen, man, I appreciate this last hour of yours. It's so many golden nuggets in this from start to finish. Anything else you want to end this with before we, uh, before I let you go here, I'm sure you're ready for lunch or something because you got more calls <laughs> soon. I have more calls and putting the kids, putting my two year old down for a nap. And uh, but no, I appreciate all the time, man. Everything you're doing for our sport. Again, being thankful for people like you uh, that are giving us a platform, um, sure. you know, that, that we didn't typically have until till as of recent. Um, you know, that that's huge for us, and it, it's you know what you guys are doing. Um, you know, couldn't be more thankful for for people as yourself. Not not really just for what you're doing, but for who you are being real, uh, being, you know, honest person. And, and, and that's, that's what I'm, I'm thankful for, for people. Dude, like it's you. like the biggest, it's the most selfish thing in the world doing this podcast on one regard, because these are all conversations that like, I think the last time you and I got to actually sit down and talk was probably at who's number one when Tony competed like yeah. three years ago or something. Yeah. We don't get to have these conversations, but this podcast kind of forces them. It's like it, yeah. it gives you the ability to have them. So it, it's such an honor to be able to do it. So, all right, listen, man, thank you so much for, for taking some time right. and I'm sure we'll chat thank soon. Yeah. Course, have a good one. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.